a massive benefit of fasting and prayer that I believe will help somebody today. If you're struggling with sin or the temptation to sin, help has arrived via the word of God for you. And now it's time to take that principle and put it into practice and see the results begin to unfold in your life from this day forward. Let's jump into the word of God. Now, we've been mentioning some of the benefits of fasting and prayer, and we see it practiced many times throughout Scripture, even in the life of Jesus. And one thing that I say often and have been um, talking about it throughout this particular series of videos is that Christ is an example unto believers. When he came to earth, he did not come to put on a vain show of his power and show off. He didn't come to earth and say, I'm this great and powerful demigod. All y'all simpletons and peasants bow down and worship me. Y'all can't be like me. Try to get on my level and go work. Jesus didn't do that. He did not do that by any means. He came and gave us an example of how a spirit-filled person can live. The Bible tells you in 1 Peter 2, I believe, uh, 21 to 22 around there that he was an example in many ways to us he was an example to us in suffering and how to live free from sin how to deal with accusers i'm paraphrasing the um scripture but the bible tells you that he was an example unto us and it would be good for a believer to look at the life of jesus and see how he lived his life and begin to take those principles that he put into place and put it into action into your own life. What did Jesus's prayer life look like? What did Jesus's word life look like? How did Jesus deal with enemies? How did Jesus deal with people in general? How did Jesus conduct his ministries? Every believer can look at the life of Jesus and take the example and begin to put it into place in their own life through the help of the Holy Spirit. And I began to say that Jesus fasted and it had an impact on his ministry as we began to talk about. So if we as believers look at the example of Christ and should be striving to be like him, we should not take bits and pieces and say, I want this, but I don't want that. I'll take that, but I don't want that one right there. You know, I'll take the prayer life, but you know, the fasting and man, you know, I don't really want that. You know, um, I'll take all the miracles and stuff like that. But you know, if I had a Judas come around me, we'd be fighting. <laughs> you know what I mean? If an enemy came around me, I wouldn't deal with them the way Jesus dealt with them. I'll be dealing with them some other way. You can't pick and choose what parts you want to obey. You can't pick and choose parts of the example of Christ. We should be striving to be like him day by day through the help of the Holy Spirit and through his power. And Jesus fasted and it had a great impact on his ministry. And the problem with many people today is that they push 
that part away and say, you know, well, it's not necessary for the church today. We don't really need that. You know, that's not beneficial for the church. That was an Old Testament thing. You know, we're not commanded to fast. And I began to say that Jesus expected his followers to fast. He expected us to fast. So we should not just throw that away in the garbage. We should put that into practice, not just for a religious practice, just because, but put into practice because there are great benefits and help that is provided to us through that. So one of the benefits of fasting and prayer that I want to get into today, I believe will be really helpful for a lot of people. So let's go over to back to the life and example of Jesus. And let's start in the book of Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter four. Watch what Matthew says here in verse one. He says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told them, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took, took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, verse six, if you're the son of God, jump off for the scriptures say. He will order his angels to protect you, and then they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot against a stone, lying deceptive devil. (laughs) Jesus responded, verse 7, The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, verse 9. He said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then, verse 11, the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. So this is a very familiar story if you've been in church for a while or been a Christian and been a Christian for a while. But in this story, you see Jesus is led by the spirit into the wilderness and he's on a fast. This is right before his ministry begins. The spirit leads him into the wilderness. He begins to fast 40 days and 40 nights, no food. And he becomes very hungry. Understand, 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness, praying and fasting. Jesus wasn't a little hungry. The Bible says he was very hungry, extremely hungry. And at that point, when his flesh becomes the weakest it is at that point after 40 days of fasting and prayer what happens here comes the devil here comes the enemy 40 days and 40 nights he's fasting in the wilderness no food and the enemy comes out of the nowhere and where does the enemy go what area does the enemy attack first the enemy comes straight for his flesh Your flesh is weak, you're on a fast, you need food, so here comes the devil straight to his flesh. Now, here's what you have to understand. Let me me insert this parenthetically. Your flesh has desires, and your spirit man 
also has desires. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 5, verse 16, 17, that if you walk by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of your flesh. And your spirit has desires and your flesh has desires. But those desires are completely contrasted to each other. And because your spirit's desires are contrast in contrast to your flesh's desires, they're always at war with each other. They're always at war with each other. And this is the problem. That's why whenever, if you've, if you've ever experienced this, which I'm 99% sure every Christian has experienced this at least once in their life, that anytime you get ready to go to prayer, what happens? 13 things come to your mind to do. Oh, I have to do this. I got to do the laundry. I got to cook. I got to go put the kids to bed. I got to go bathe the kids. I got to go feed the cat. I got to go take the dog for a walk. Your mind starts going in 13 different directions trying to get you out of the place of prayer. (laughs) If you ever go to read your word, this has happened to me multiple times before. The minute you sit down to read your word, you're perfectly fine. The minute you sit down to read your word, your eyes start getting heavy. All of a sudden, (laughs) all of a sudden you feel like taking a nap. What is that? Your spirit has desires, but your flesh's desires are in contrast to the desires of your spirit. When you read your word, when you pray, when you practice spiritual disciplines, even when you go to church, those are spiritual things and those are tending to spiritual desires. But your flesh don't want any part in that. Your flesh don't like that. Your flesh is hardwired to disobey God, his commands, and anything spiritual. It doesn't have any desire for that. That's why when you begin to do those things or determine you're going to do those things, your flesh starts to fight. No, I don't want that. What are you talking about? I don't want, no, I don't want that. And it starts fighting against your spirit. And this is why many people have a struggle with reading their word and praying and doing all these things because it's a constant war. And that is something that happens with every single person. So here comes the enemy and the enemy takes advantage of that because if the enemy can keep you led by your flesh, if he can keep you in the realm where you fulfill and are always fulfilling the desires of your flesh, then he has a foothold on you. Then he can maintain control over you. However, if you leave that, And say, I'm not going to be led by my flesh, but I'm going to do what the word of God says in Galatians 5 and be led by the spirit. Then the enemy loses his grip over you. He loses a foothold in your life. And that's why he does not want you to tend to spiritual things. That's why he doesn't want you to follow the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to read your word. He doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to go to church. He doesn't want you to do any of that. Because then the hold that he has over your life begins to get lucid. It begins to get lucid. And then you start to become an effective Christian and then start causing problems for him and his kingdom. And you have to understand, with Jesus, that's why he came to him in the wilderness when he was in a state, a vulnerable state, his flesh was weak, all that stuff. And here comes the enemy, eat. 40 days into a fast, The best thing to do to your flesh would be, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat right now. Sure, why not? I'll turn a stone into bread. Uh, Why not? I'm trying to eat. But you notice that Jesus doesn't give in to that. Because that wasn't 
the enemy coming trying to make sure that Jesus was well fed and well nourished. You know, it's been 40 days, Jesus. And, you know, it's not good to go that long without eating food. You know, you've been fasting a long time. You need to have enough strength and energy when you come out of this wilderness to carry out your ministry. The devil didn't care about any of that. The devil did not care about his well-being. And everything the enemy does to you is never for your benefit. Anything the enemy tries to get you to do is always for your demise and your destruction. The devil wasn't trying to get Jesus well-fed and well-nourished to go heal some sick folk and go preach the word of God. The enemy was trying to pull Jesus out of the realm of the spirit back into the realm of the flesh. He was trying to stop him from fulfilling spiritual desires, fulfilling the desires of the spirit and turning back to the flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh. He was trying to pull him into a place where he would stop being affected. And where there would be problems. So, many people are led by their flesh. Many, even many Christians, they're led by their flesh, by their, what their body tells them to do. They do it in a heartbeat. And as I said, that's the enemy's playing field. That's when the enemy can keep a hold over you. But let me help you with something. The opposite is also true. When you are led by the Spirit of God, let me insert this before I say that. Many people are led by their flesh. And when you're led by your flesh, you don't fulfill spiritual desires. You can't follow your flesh and your spirit at the same time. You don't fulfill spiritual desires. And that's how the enemy keeps you messed up. But when you follow the spirit and you decide, I will not be led by my flesh, I'm going to be led by the spirit. You start neglecting the sinful and evil desires of your flesh. You start neglecting that. And then you become more apt to spiritual things. Then you stop paying mind to what your flesh is telling you to do. You stop paying mind to what sin is telling you to do. You stop having an obligation to follow and give in to the cravings of your sinful nature. The enemy don't want that. Your flesh don't want that. Does not want that to happen. And that's why the enemy tried to pull Jesus out of that place and get him focused on flesh. Eat. What you doing? You've been fasting a long time. Eat. But let me help you with something right here. Because many people say, you know, okay, you know, thank God Jesus did that, you know, and Jesus overcame the temptation of the enemy. You know, he was successful in that, you know, because he was Jesus and all that stuff, but I can't do that. Not the case. What made Jesus effective and successful in overcoming that temptation? He was fasting and he was praying. Understand that. He was fasting and he was praying. Not only was he fasting and praying, he was led by the Spirit into that place of fasting and prayer. He was led by the Spirit. The Bible tells you in the first verse, as we just read, Matthew 4, 1, that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and went to fast and pray. Then the enemy came. He was led by the Spirit. He was fasting and praying. And therefore, because he was led and he was doing this, Therefore, he wasn't fulfilling the desires of his flesh. He was fulfilling the desires of his spirit. And as he was fulfilling the desires of the spirit, his flesh was being weakened. Understand this. His flesh was being weakened. You not eating is going to do something to your flesh. 
You eat, you gain energy. But you telling your flesh that I for a moment in time, I for a couple days, a couple weeks, am going to say no to one of your stronger desires and turn my attention fully and completely to God and draw closer to him, you start to weaken your flesh. Understand this. This is the spiritual part of fasting. That you start to weaken your flesh. And it strengthens your spirit, man, so that when the enemy comes, and when he comes with temptation, and trying to lure you back into the flesh realm, trying to lure you into sin, you now are able to withstand that temptation. Amen. You now become able to withstand that temptation. Many people are unable to overcome temptation, not because they don't have something external helping them. They're unable to overcome temptation because their spirit man is weak. You cannot overcome temptation in the flesh. Understand this. If you're struggling with temptation, you're struggling with sin, you cannot overcome it in your flesh. You cannot overcome it by human power. You cannot overcome it by your own will because the power to resist temptation does not come from the flesh. It cannot come from the flesh. It comes from being a spiritually strong person. It comes from being a person who is led by the spirit because the Bible tells you at that point, then you only be fulfilling the spiritual desires and not the evil, sinful desires of your flesh. And as you do that, you're weakening your flesh. You're weakening it. You're weakening it. And when something is weakened, it's not as strong anymore. So then the desires of your flesh start to become weaker. They don't become as mm, do it. And you feel like you can't overcome because your spirit man is stronger. Understand that many people cannot overcome temptation because their spirit is not strong. They are not spiritually strong. They can't, they're, they're not able, they're not apt to do that. And Jesus didn't overcome temptation because, oh, you know, he was some great and powerful demigod. Jesus is God and he was a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man. But the Bible tells you in Philippians chapter two, that he laid aside his glory and came to earth as a man. He still had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he was tempted in all points as we were, but did not sin. He gave you an example of how to overcome temptation as a man. Because he wasn't just 100% God, he was 100% man. And he dealt with the same exact things as a man that humans deal with. But he overcame. But he overcame. And how did he overcome this temptation? He was led by the spirit and he was fasting and praying. Therefore, he was fulfilling spiritual desires and weakened his flesh so that those desires would not be at the forefront so that when the enemy came to try to take him out through temptation, it didn't work. It did not work and he was strong enough to overcome it. I hope this is helping somebody today. Because this is a big thing. Many people struggle with sin. When temptation comes, it's like, I can't overcome it. It's too much. It's strong. I can't handle it. It just feels like whenever that temptation to sin comes, like I can't, I can't do anything about it. And I get no relief until I give into it. 
And that's not the case because the enemy would have you believe, your flesh would have you believe that you're not going to be able to get out of temptation until you give in. But the Bible tells you the complete opposite. The Bible says that there's no temptation that isn't common to man. And it also tells you that God will not allow you to be tempted more than you can handle. He will, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. But with every temptation, there is a way of escape. Every temptation comes with an escape route attached to it. Amen. Every temptation comes with an escape route. So the way out of temptation is not give in. There is another way out. But only the spiritually strong man will be able to come out of temptation successfully. Only the spiritually strong man will be able to resist it and not give in. That's what you have to understand first and foremost. The spiritually strong man that does not fulfill the desires of his flesh, that does not tend to fleshly desire. And understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying neglect your body. Understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. Fasting plays a part to weaken your flesh and help you become spiritually strong to withstand temptation. I'm not saying don't worry about your body, get fat, get lazy, don't do that because I'm neglecting my flesh, don't eat ever again. You're going to be dead. <laughs> You're going to end up dead. And that is going to have no benefit for you and anybody else. I'm not saying neglect your flesh completely. I'm saying your sinful desires, things that try to pull you away from the spirit, you don't fulfill that. That is not the person who should be in charge of you as a Christian. Anything your body tells you to do, you do it. Every last thing that it tells you to do, you're like, yes, sir. And you follow it. Not like that. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Of course, take care of your natural body, but prioritize your spiritual life. Because that is what's going to give you the ability to resist temptation when it comes. That is going to give you the spiritual strength. And as we're talking about fasting and prayer, employ that. Practice that because that helps weaken your flesh and strengthen you spiritually so that you can be able to withstand temptation. Understand that. When temptation comes, there's a way of escape. Don't believe the lie that tells you the way out of temptation is give in. Because if you feel like you cannot resist temptation, gain more spiritual strength. Access that spiritual strength that is afforded to you today. Do what Jesus did in the wilderness. Be led by the Spirit. Employ fasting as we're talking about. Pray. Tend to spiritual desires. Then the Bible says you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Here's another thing I want to let you know. And this is the final thing I'll let you know along these lines today. Not only um, is temptation hardwired with a way of escape and there's no way that you cannot resist temptation. It's not impossible to resist temptation. But you have to understand also that many people can't resist temptation and fall back into sin because they're desirous for that thing. This is what I'm saying, how you have to learn to change your desires and let the Holy Spirit help you to change your desires to that of spiritual things rather than desiring the things of the flesh, the things of sin. Because 
If your desire is for the flesh, if your desire is for sin, then guess what? You ain't coming out of temptation successful. You're not overcoming temptation. Go to the book of James. And this will help you. James chapter 1. Watch what the Bible says here. Verse 13, watch what he says. He says, and remember, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and never tempts anybody else. So whenever temptation comes, it's not from God, it's from the enemy. Understand that. Verse 14, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Watch this. You are tempted by your own desires. Temptation comes from your own desires, which then entice you and drag you away into sin. When you're dragged away by your own desires, then sin is birthed. And when sin is birthed and allowed to grow and not dealt with, in the end, it brings forth death. So watch this. If your desire is for sin, if your desire is for the things of the flesh, if you desire that and you want that and you long for that, then guess what? You're always going to fall into sin because every time, if your desire is messed up, then You'll be dragged away by that desire, enticed by it, and then pulled into sin. You can't be tempted by something that you don't first desire. That's why there are certain sins that certain people would be like, nah, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't do that. They wouldn't even bat an eye at it. They wouldn't fall into, they wouldn't fall into that. Some people, if you offered them a if you offered them a fifth, if you gave them alcohol, they wouldn't even take it. If you gave them a beer, they would not even bat an eye at it. I don't want that. Get that out of my face. No temptation whatsoever because there's no desire for it. But however, if you tap into the weak spot of, their, of that person, something that they may have got free from, something that they may have struggled with in the past, and you tap into that, certain people, it may take a little bit more mm, strength for some people to resist that. And if you tap into a thing that somebody desires, then that's where you're going to get them. That's where you're going to tempt them to actually take the bait. Why? Because you're not dragged. You won't be tempted by something you don't first desire. And this is the problem with people not being able to resist temptation. They desire the thing they are being tempted by. And that's why they find it hard to resist it. That's why they find it hard to resist it. Look in the book of Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned, God placed them in the garden of Eden. He was with them. He walked with them. They walked in close fellowship with them. Heaven and earth were one. All these things, they had it. They, they had it. And they still fell into sin. And some people are like, well, you know, why, why in the world would they give, give all that up? What the heck is wrong with them? What's their problem? Crazy Eve, crazy Adam. But let me tell you what happened. Because God told them, don't eat from that one tree. Don't eat the fruit from the tree. It's not going to end well for you if you do that. Don't do that. Don't do it. Everything else you can partake of, but this one tree, don't do it. And here comes Satan. 
and he tempts Eve. And now you're like, he tempts Eve to eat from the tree. And then she finally does it and sin enters the earth. But the Bible tells you in Genesis 3 that when she was, when the enemy came and tried to get her to eat from the tree, she looked at the tree and saw, watch, that it was good and desirable. Understand that. Her desire was for the fruit of that tree. It looked good to her. It looked desirable to her. She now wanted it. And once you get to a point where your desire is for the things of the flesh, and when your desire is for sin, then you're going to fall into temptation. So it wasn't random why they fell into temptation. They saw it and they began to desire it. Amen. They desired it and that desire enticed them and dragged them away into sin. And sin was brought forth and death entered the earth. Do you see that? That's why they fell into sin. So how do you overcome that? This is why we're talking about fasting and prayer today. Because fasting and prayer helps you to weaken your flesh. Weaken the desires of your flesh. Turn your attention to the spirit. Come out of walking in the flesh and begin to walk in the spirit so that you will no longer fulfill the desires of your flesh. And when temptation comes, As you're doing this, as you're practicing this, when temptation comes your way, it's no longer a struggle to resist. It's no longer something you fall into because your flesh is weakened and your spirit is strong and you now have the strength to resist. That's how Jesus overcame the enemy. And that's what you need to put in place in your life today. If you want to overcome temptation, tap into fasting and prayer. If you want to become spiritually strong enough to resist it, like Jesus did. Begin to tap in, especially during this time when much of the body of Christ is practicing fasting and prayer. Tap into that. Begin to tap into that and turn your focus to the Spirit. Turn your focus to the things of the Spirit and push away all other distractions. Push away the desires of your flesh for a period of time. And begin to build up your spirit, man, so that you can be strong enough in the day of temptation. And as you do that, once you come out of that time of fasting and prayer, you continue down that path. So when you come out, you may be eating again, but your spirit, man, is strengthened. And you're continuing to strengthen it so that when the enemy continues to try come, when your flesh tries to act up, you still have the strength to resist. You don't come out of this time. And then turn around and go right back to old ways. No, you don't do that. Continue down this path. Continue down this path. And that's how you will gain the power, the strength, the ability to overcome temptation. As I said, and as I've been quoting a lot, the Bible said, walk in the spirit and then you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Turn your attention towards the spirit. Begin to walk in the spirit, follow the desires of the spirit, fulfill those desires, and then you will stop fulfilling the desires of your flesh. You will not fulfill sinful desires anymore because I'm too busy walking in the spirit. That's what you need to understand today. Begin to employ the power of fasting and prayer for to over to gain the ability to overcome temptation. And when you do that, 
you will always escape the temptation of the enemy and you will no longer fall into sin, but you will live through God's power, a victorious life over sin in Jesus name. So right now I want to give an opportunity. This is a good place to give an opportunity for people to receive Christ. Because if you are a person and you come on this video and you said, yeah, I actually have fallen into sin. I've been that person who's given into temptation many times and I have it overcame it and I want to overcome temptation today I want to make a change and begin to do things differently this time it starts with repenting of your sins and receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior you may have fallen into sin but thank God he has provided a way for you to be set free from that power for all your sins to be washed away and you to begin to live a new life in Christ Jesus that carries power to overcome sin. That gives you the ability to overcome the temptations of the enemy. You may have messed up. You may have jacked up. You're not gone too far. You're not at the end of your rope just because you gave into temptation. God is a forgiven God. He's a merciful God. He will forgive you and give you a brand new start. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old man has passed away and behold all things have become new. When you say, I'm going to repent of my sins and I'm going to turn to Christ in faith and I'm going to begin this new life in Christ Jesus, the slate is wiped clean. God gives you a completely new life so that you can begin to live the way that he wants you to live. If that's you, I want you to pray with me today. And I want you from your heart sincerely to make that decision that I'm going to respond to God's call to salvation. I'm going to respond to the Holy Spirit's conviction. I'm going to respond to that and I'm going to turn my heart to Christ and begin to walk in his ways and live the way he wants me to live and live like that all the days of my life. And there's great benefits that come from that. There's great benefit that comes from living righteously. So make that decision today. Do that and you will see those benefits begin to play out in your life from this day forward. The places that the enemy had had you trapped in before, the calamity and hell and mess that he brought in your life through sin before, gone. You have authority over that. You have power over that. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. I want you to receive that today. But it starts with making that decision to repent of your sins and receive Jesus' sacrifice and turn away from sin. So let's do that today if that's you. I want you to pray with me from your heart right now. Sincerely, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to sacrifice his life for my sin. I believe that he died and was raised back to life for me. So now I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I receive the power to live holy until you return. I am no longer a sinner, but from this day forward, I am a child of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. If you just prayed with me and responded to God's call for salvation, I want you to now take the next step. I want to help you to begin to walk on this path of righteousness. Many people get to the point where they feel like, okay, I just got saved, but what do I do next? I want to help you with that. There's a link in the description that'll take you to a page on my website, and I want you to fill out the form there. And when you fill out that form, 
I'll send you some resources that will help you begin to walk on this path of righteousness and begin your walk with Christ. You don't have to walk this path alone. You have the help of the Holy Spirit and now you also have my help. So I want to send you resources, I want to pray for you, and I want to help you to become a strong believer. So go ahead and click the link now. God has made a way for his children to be totally liberated from the power of sin. But many Christians don't understand this. In Marlon Benjamin's book, Undefiled, he teaches that Christ put an end to sin's control and gave us the ability to resist all its temptations when they come. Order your copy now on Amazon or MarlonBenjamin.net. What's up, everybody? It's Marlon Benjamin, and I want to challenge you to consider becoming a partner with this ministry today. You know, our partners commit to praying for us continuously, and they connect their finances to this ministry on a monthly basis. You know, God has allowed us to preach some powerful services over this past year, and we have seen God demonstrate his power in mighty ways, and we have seen people get saved and come into the kingdom of God. We've also been able to expand the reach of of the gospel through YouTube, the podcast, and I'm saved, now what? Which helps us connect to those who are being saved through our online ministry and get them on the path of righteousness and help them begin their walk with Christ. We last year, we just connected ourselves and became partners with Lester Summerall's Feed the Hungry. And we are providing meals to those who are in need on a monthly basis. So I want you to consider, prayerfully consider, becoming a partner of this ministry today. You can click the link in the description or go to marlinbenjamin.net, hit the Give Now page, and go to the partnership page. And you can see what we're doing and become a partner today. Thank you so much and God bless you.